It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 437 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, December 17th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in to make that a daily show. Weekly contributions on that show from Ben Golliver and Sam Amick. We've got the entire NFL slate of shows as well. If your team is in the playoff hunt or on in, on the fringe or out of the playoffs and you want to hear the postmortem, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On NFL show. And uh, if you find a show on the network that you like, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's extremely helpful and good for algorithms and all that good stuff. And uh, Locked On Raptors has been hanging out pretty high in the rankings lately. So thank you so much for everyone who's... Uh, Subscribed, rated, reviewed, told a friend about the show. It's uh, very, very appreciated. And uh, thank you for listening and doing that little bit to help support us and scratch our back uh, as we scratch your back with all of this wonderful content. Joining me today for more content is uh, our pal, Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Just getting set for another week in Raptorland. Yeah. Nice to have them back home after that long West Coast road trip. It felt like a long one, even though four games isn't like crazy long. It's the goddamn um, 10 o'clock starts, man. They're just a nightmare. They are draining. Um, although the first two were very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 
next to not so much. Well, uh, I don't know. The, the Portland game was entertaining, I think. At least I caught the second half. I missed the first half because I was uh, having date night with the lady friend. And I caught the second half, and it was, like, really exciting. The, the fourth quarter in particular, I mean, it was super frustrating and annoying that the entire Portland yeah. bench was just, like, raining in buckets. But I thought the, the finish to the game was exhilarating. The Raptors were down 16 with, like, five minutes left. And Kawhi, like, is just like, okay, I, I guess I'm going to go hit some threes now. And then he did that. And then they were within two within, like, three minutes. It was wild how quick that was of a swing. And the same thing almost kind of happened last night where they, you know, mounted a little bit of a comeback. I think they were down nine and they got it to within two again. But, again, it just it, it kind of fell short. Um, not surprising because the Raptors have been short guys all weekend. So they are coming off two losses they lost to the Blazers on Friday, 128-122. And then yesterday, missing Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Jonas Valanciunas, and Norman Powell. They lost to the Denver Nuggets, 95-86 in Denver. The offense was kind of a nightmare all night long. Uh, we, you can pick whatever game you want or maybe just sort of rope the two in together if you want. What was your biggest takeaway from uh, this past weekend? Uh, biggest takeaway, <laughs> I feel like OG Ananobi is broken. Yeah, what the hell, um, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do too much uh, in the Portland game, but uh, the Denver game was just really tough to watch. I mean, especially that shot that he had at the end where Kawhi came up to him mm-hmm. wide open. Um, it almost felt like he shot it because he knew he just had to. Yeah. Uh, um, and then when he missed, it, like, he just sort of, sort of. It was like the slowest walk I've ever seen in the bench. He was just extremely down on himself, and mm-hmm. um, you look at the free throw shooting as well. Now six for twenty-two on the season. Um, that is bizarre. Um, it, 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 obviously, he's going through a lot personally, um, and we don't know how much that's affecting him. Um, just being able to focus in and lock in. Um, but you'd like to think that this is the one chance he gets to get away from that stuff. So maybe that's why it's hurting even more mm-hmm. that, you know, you'd want this to be sort of the one source of joy that you have outside of all the personal stuff that's going on. Um, and he can't even get that right now. So it's tough. It's tough. Um, on If there is a positive I take away for OG, it's the fact that he, I feel like he has been rebounding a bit better of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's made that, uh, at least in the Denver game, you knew uh, that was going to be a point of focus uh, after what they did uh, against the Raptors at, uh, on, on, at the Scotiabank Arena. So I thought that was encouraging to see the way the Raptors rebounded as a whole, um, especially when you look at Denver starting uh, Mason Plumlee and uh, Jokic together. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that <laughs> I thought that could have made for a very long night, but uh, I thought they held their own. They got a bunch of offensive rebounds themselves, so that was encouraging. But outside of that, um, part of the reason why they got those offensive rebounds is because they had a lot of rebounds to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are a lot of misses, a lot of bad offense, um, just struggle to get into the flow. And then I think that's where you saw the value of those Kawhi isolations. Where now you know you're struggling for anything offensively, so you can just dump the ball into his hands, and he'll find a way to get a bucket or uh, create an easy opportunity for teammates. Now it'll look a lot better when they're making shots, and uh, I thought the broadcast crew made a 
really good point that most likely if uh, the Raptors make uh, a decent amount of their open shots, Kawhi probably ends up with a triple-double and the Raptors probably come away with a win. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. Make or miss league, Doug. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Uh, it's, yeah, I thought their, their, their offense wasn't maybe quite as bad as their final shooting line would make it seem like. But yeah, there were definitely stretches. I would, I, would refrain, I would revise that. I would say it wasn't as bad as it maybe looked like when Kawhi was on the court. When Kawhi wasn't on the court, it was a disaster. But like, I don't know if you can really be yeah. surprised by that. The sixth man in this game was OG. He played 26 minutes, which is more than he's right. really played most of the year. Yeah, Greg Monroe playing 13 minutes. He was pretty rough offensively. And then after that, it's like Lorenzo Brown is the eighth man playing 15 minutes. If you get 15 minutes of Lorenzo Brown and I, like half of those are him as a lead guard, you're not going to score a lot of points. And yep. there, were, there were possessions where like Danny Green was bringing the ball to court and they were just kind of trying to make anything work. As it turns out, missing three of your five best ball handlers, is, it's going to make it pretty difficult to create really good offense in the half court. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you on that. And uh, I guess the one thing I was curious about was what did you make of Chris Boucher coming in for those final couple of minutes? Like, do you think it was unfair to just throw him out there right at the end? Like, do you think if you if you feel like you're going to use him at some point, maybe give him some minutes early just to get him, get into a flow? Yeah, I think, well, he just went in because Ibaka fouled out, right? And I, I think they were just trying right. to yeah, switch yeah. it up a little bit. Um, honestly, I think that was probably more of a throw-in-the-towel type of moment, to be honest. And Monroe had not played well. Maybe they wanted to give Monroe as much rope as possible. And then when Ibaka fouled out, he was just like, well, I'll throw this dart against the wall, see if it sticks. We're probably losing right. this one anyway. Um, so yeah. I, I didn't read too much into that. But I would like to see Chris Boucher play a little bit more in general. If he's going to be up and, and using his 45 days... Might as well yeah. see what he's got. I mean, we know what Greg Monroe is, and maybe you couldn't do that against Denver just because they are a very big team and they're playing Plumlee and Jokic, and I guess the Blazers as well. Like, they usually have a big man on the court, whether it's Nurkic or uh, Myers Leonard, which fucking Myers Leonard being on the court for all those damn points, like, oh my God, just disgusting. But um, yeah, the. I think just with the way that those two teams are set up, like maybe Bruce Jay doesn't really fit in. Maybe against the Pacers on Wednesday or the Cavs on Friday with Tristan Thompson out, maybe there's more room to get him in and get him some cycle and run. Uh, which, I'd be again, if you're going to have him up and using his 45 days for his two-way deal, you might as well see what you have in him because we know what he's doing at the G League level. Um, right. So here's hoping that maybe he can get a little bit more run as the opponents sort of are more conducive to him being on the court. But I didn't read too much into sort of what had happened at the end of that game uh, in terms of putting him in okay. just two minutes. Um, just to touch on OG again before we move on to some other stuff. Like, I don't know what 
is different, really, from last year. I guess the fact that he's on the bench as opposed to playing with the starters and maybe there's just more of an offensive burden on him when he's playing with the second unit. I don't know if that's what you chalk it up to and he's just not ready for that load. But, you know, he was 2 of 8 from deep last night. His 3 has been off all season long. The free throws are so weird. I know he wasn't, like, an amazing free throw shooter in college, but it was never this bad. And I wonder almost if just, like, the wrist thing he's dealing with if, if there were more guys healthy on this Raptors team right now, he would just be sitting to get right. Because that wrist thing seems to have been linger, lingering for a while. And it's, only, it's the only real explanation I can think of for why he's fallen off so drastically in his shooting. He's shooting 29% from three right now. Uh, we'll, we'll round it up to 30. He's at 29.9. Um, but he's just 292 from the free throw line. It's, it's so bizarre and so below what he was. I mean, he was only 53.5 last year. Um, or wait, no, he was 62 and a, 63 last year. He's down to 53.5 on his career just because of this start to the season. Um, like, he's not, like, this is so outside the norm for him that I have to think, think there's just something wrong with his wrist. And if that's the case, like, I, I don't care how many healthy guys they have, they should just be sitting him down. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine if he was hurt that bad that he would be sitting. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think it'd be pushing him too hard if that was the case. Uh, but um, I think the weird thing is his form on his three has looked fine. Yeah. Uh, which makes the free throws all the more puzzling, right? Like, I, I, I feel like his three-point form has looked better uh, this season than last season. Um, and then the free throws... So he, yeah, the free throw, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And then I think I think he can uh, use his body a bit more. I, I think the physicality is missing a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we saw that a little bit early on, um, and that's sort of dissipated. I don't know why. Uh, so, again, if there's some physical issues, I, I have no idea. Um, there's nothing that's been reported or anything of the like, so uh, I don't know what to give you on that. But, uh, yeah, he, he needs to... Uh, maybe take some time. Maybe just fight through it. Maybe battle through it. Um, he's getting good looks, right? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you assume that if he keeps shooting, um, that it'll come through and work out at some point. The numbers will play out. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I feel like we kind of saw this with uh, Pascal last year when he was struggling with the three. Um, the encouraging part was that he continued to take them, right? Yeah. Uh, and so with OG, if you, if you see that, at least that positive mindset where um, regardless of his struggles, when he's open, he's going to take the shot, uh, then that that is sort of the small sort of sil- silver lining that you take out of it and you hope that it turns around at some point. Um, now, maybe this was just asking too much of him on a night where you don't really have ball handlers out there and guys that can run the offense and and make things even easier for him. Maybe get him some easy baskets at the rim. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's something that he can also look to do a bit more individually, right? Uh, just attack the glass a bit more. To, you know, look to make more cuts to the basket. Like remember early on in the season, he was getting a bunch of those cuts where he was able to even take his time underneath the rim and then finish with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like that's missing now as well. Uh, so maybe he needs a bit more of that. Maybe. Uh, there's things that the Raptors' offense can get him going uh, better. Um, so, but it, but it's a two-way street for me. So, um, yeah, he's, he's just got to play better. 
Yep, for sure. Uh, you could even tell he was out of his comfort zone, too. I think at the end of the first quarter, he got the ball in a rebound and didn't really realize the clock situation and just went straight to the bucket with, like, 15 yeah. seconds left on the clock. And, like, you know, getting fouled, and, you know, typically if he's not shooting terribly from the free throw line, you would be okay with that. But uh, I think he missed both of them. But still, that's just the kind of stuff that you're not really used to, right? Um we're gonna move on. We're gonna keep on going with uh, today's show. We got a, some. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna have ref talk in a second. But just at first, I want to tell you about our uh, social media feeds for the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're doing some pretty cool stuff on Twitter and Instagram. If you're on Twitter, just follow at Locked on NBA Net or at Locked on NFL Net, and you're gonna get a feed that's just all of the local hosts being retweeted into the same feed. You don't have to go around and follow all 60 hosts for their different opinions and whatnot. Just follow this feed, and you're gonna get you know during games, breaking news, whatever's going on. You're just gonna get free the, all these tweets. Retweet, retweeted into your own feed by the Locked On Podcast Network Twitter accounts, and so that's for both NFL and Network at Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net. And if you go to Instagram, same handles. Uh, they're giving you little snippets of all the podcasts throughout the day, with little video as well. You can have the condensed little one-minute takeoff, or you can just go and listen to the full podcast if you like what you hear in those little bits. But uh, check out both the Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net Instagrams as well as the Twitters. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's uh, talk about referees. So last night, Nick Nurse was, uh, I would say, displeased after the Raptors game. Uh, let's uh, play what he said in relation to Kawhi Leonard not getting calls. Where you guys were kind of hitting, holding, clutching, grabbing, just kind of hanging on and, and trying to get to the wire and just seemed like they, they, they rang you down in the middle of the third quarter there. They were the ones that were hitting, holding, cutting, grabbing, clutching, hitting. <laughs> they were pretty physical. Well, you can't tell me that one of the best players in the league takes 100 hits in that game and shoots four free throws, and they handed him two for charity at the end. So he was going to have two free throws for the game with, with all the physical hits and holding and, and driving and chucking and doubling and slapping and reaching and all the stuff, but it's been going on all year. I do do not understand why they are letting everybody play one of the best players in the league so physically. I do not understand it. Our buddy, buddy's going to get fined. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Does he have a point, though? Does Nick Nurse have a point about Kawhi Leonard not getting a sufficient number of calls? I do think he has a point. Um, yeah. I think overall, from just watching Kawhi play, I think the biggest issue he has is it's almost like um, he's so like he, there's I think a select group of players uh, in every generation where they're almost so strong that the refs only calls uh, only call fouls when they really feel like they've been impeded mm-hmm. um, that they feel like they can you know take more hits than the average uh, NBA player, and so they just let it play on. Um, and in a game like this where you need offense and you can get some easy free throws and maybe get guys in foul trouble, because let's face it, the Nuggets were shorthanded too. 
So if that was part of the strategy to, hey, we've got this guy that can get to the rim at will and he's doing it, but he's not getting calls, well, now that takes away from your strategy of getting guys in foul trouble. Um, and those role guys that you know were able to step up for the Nuggets, um, maybe they're not as much of a factor if they're in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can see the Nurse will be frustrated with that. And you know what? I, I think this is more of a, a long-term play where it's not even necessarily about this game, but because he's obviously felt that it's gone on for some time, he feels like now is a good time for him to voice his opinion and hopefully you know, get something changed to going forward. And also, I think it's good to show that, you know, he's got Kawhi's back and he's willing to take a bind for him. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad that Nurse said it. Even if, like, I don't know if I entirely, totally agree that it's, like, this prevalent problem. I do think there have been certain games where it's been super noticeable, but last night felt like a weird game for that to be the thing because, like, no one shot free throws last night. They were not calling a damn thing last night. And so I, I wasn't really, like, I didn't notice Kawhi getting sort of worse treatment from the rest of it than it refs than anybody else. I felt like everyone was just kind of not getting anything called. And so I'm not sure how concerned I am about that. Uh, and, like, this season, his free throw rate is uh, 30 or .359. I guess, what is the free throw rate? How do they calculate that shit again? Anyway, uh, number of free throw attempts per field goal attempt. That's correct. Uh, so .359 uh, is his current free throw rate. That's down from... F- Point four zero six. That's his career high in 2016-17, his very, very good season where he was number two in MVP voting. Um, the seasons before that, he was still sort of, I guess, on the come up as a superstar, but 2015-16, he was an MVP candidate as well. It was only at 30, or .306 uh, for his free throw rate. So, like, he's kind of right in the middle of where he's been in his superstar seasons. I don't think it's, like, particularly bad. There have just been certain games, and I think... The start of the season, it was kind of like that, but I do think it's kind of adjusted a little bit. And you look at his like game log, his free throws are like not low by any means. They're not like crazy high like DeMar's were, but he's not having many games where he's getting like nothing in the way of trips to the line. So I don't know if it's as much of an issue as maybe Nurse made it seem like it was last night. Uh, I'm just pulling it up right. here. Like, yeah, maybe the last few games there was like a 3 of 3 from the line, but he was 8 of 10 against... Portland on Friday, and he's had 10 of 12, he's had 9 of 9, he's had 7 of 8, like, he's getting to the line quite a bit in a lot of these games, so I'm not sure it's, like, that much of a concern. Again, kind of isolated to a few games here and there, which might just be certain refs not calling things, and yeah, last night seemed like a strange time, but whatever, I'm cool with it, go call yeah. out refs all you want. The only thing I would say is maybe that, you know, you look at the Raptors on their se- on the season, they average 19 free throw attempts a game, yeah. um, Denver on the season, they're allowing 20 free throw attempts per game, um, so you take away those, those, you know, the couple fouls they call right at the end, mm-hmm. um, Raptors essentially got to the line like 10 times, Yeah. Um, so when you factor in just how physical the Nuggets were, uh, especially I thought in the first half, um, then you know I kind of see his point. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I just thought both ways it was kind of um, I, I do nineties ass. I do agree as a <laughs> like, whole, yeah. they they weren't really blowing a whistle. Yeah. It was a very grimy-ass game, and probably could have stood to have a few more fouls to kind of loosen things up a little bit, I think, just because it was it was getting kind of intense there with, like, the contact. It almost felt dangerous at times, where it was just so frantic and physical that it was like, well, someone's going to get hurt, and then, like, Danny Green gets poked in the eye, and maybe that's a result of it, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it was a very strangely officiated game last night. Do you have any maybe other... 
Sorry, it's a ahead. bit of a strategy as well with just the games coming up, right? I mean, yeah. these are, right now, this is, you're going up against the top team in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you have more people paying attention to what you're saying as opposed to, you know, what is it, Cleveland on Sunday or Indiana on... Indiana uh, Wednesday, so, Cleveland Friday, right? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe that has something to do with it too, so... Um, and I mean, it's, it's the number three headline on ESPN right now, so <laughs> you definitely got people's attention. People love free throw content. It's the best. Everyone loves that <laughs> shit. Um, did you have any straight thoughts from the Portland game on Friday, by the way? Was there anything that stood out to you? Uh, things that stood out to me, um, I mean, outside of the fact that Kawhi Leonard can just take over whenever he wants. God, um, ridiculous, man. That fourth like, quarter was nuts. Yeah, but when he when he started pulling up from three, it, it, like the confidence that he had uh, on those shots was incredible. Um, Danny Green, I thought, was amazing in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm just pulling up the box score now. I didn't even realize he had 11 rebounds. Yeah, uh, and five of seven from three. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think the most discouraging thing from the Portland game going to the Denver game was it felt like CJ maybe got a little bit going. Mm. Um, in that Portland game, and so for him to not be able to carry it over, I'm I'm pretty sure that's part of why uh, Nurse probably gave him the start too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was extremely disappointing because again, CJ had really good looks uh, in this game against Denver. It was sort of tailor made for him to uh, carry some of the offensive burden because um, we know the Raptors can defend. Um, and yeah, I, outside of that, the the Raptors defense. When they really lock in, uh, you can see what they can do. Um, Ibaka, uh, I thought Denver did a good job of keeping him uninvolved mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but yeah, again, in terms of Portland game, nothing too much outside of that. Uh, obviously, you hope that Pascal uh, is able to come back soon. I did, oh, so those are the one thing I'll say. I, I think people were going off on that foul by CJ. Um, I didn't think it was a bad foul. I thought he was trying to make a play for the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pascal had a bad landing, and so it looked really bad. Um, I, I, I didn't think too much of it. It was just, it just looked bad, the optics yeah. of it. It was unfortunate, yeah. It's not anything nefarious, I don't think. Um, yeah, the uh, CJ Miles, that's a good point you made. He looked pretty good against Portland. He was, uh, what was he, 5 of 10? He had three or four threes in that one. Like, he, he looked like he was kind of coming around. And then last night, it would have been so nice if he was not what we've seen, like, not all the rest of the season C.J. Miles last night and instead it was Friday C.J. Miles last night. Like, that could have been the difference in the game too, right? He started to play 33 minutes. I mean, having to have 33 and 26 minutes from Miles and OG, respectively, given the way they were playing, I mean, that's just because they didn't have any dudes and they had to run them out there. But, like, that was the real killer, right? They were a combined four of 22 from the field. That's just not going to yeah. do it for you, right? And um, I will say, though, there was, like, people, like, tweeting at Lauren Miles and stuff about CJ playing poorly and, like, people saying, like, hey, CJ, stop uh, being a parent to your daughter and learn how to play basketball or practice more. Uh, this is the very small minority, but uh, those people can uh, go kick rocks. Uh, that would be nice. I feel bad for CJ, man. I, I just – just when this seems like – I feel bad for like, CJ. I feel bad for Lauren. I mean – yeah. It's like there's no reason that you ever even have to deal with that. No. You know what I mean? No. Um, yeah, it, it, 
it's shitty. Some people are really, really shitty. And uh, yeah, get a life. Yeah. So like if you're a listener to this podcast and you're one of those people, just, just stop doing that, please. That would, this is the problem. Again, I, I can't imagine many people are actually those people. That's very small, loud, major, uh, loud minority. But um, yeah, please don't be that person. It's uh, very uh, dickish of you to do. Um, Fred Van Vliet was really good Friday too against Portland. I'm just kind of going off of thoughts. I have just straight thoughts. It, last night really was. Uh, I, I just I can't get mad about either of these losses. I don't think they're both kind of fine defensible losses. They go two and two on the trip. They get two games that you might have thought they were going to lose <laughs> coming into it. Um, and so everything was kind of gravy for the rest of the trip. And I thought the Portland game and the Denver game, the way they like stuck with it and played extremely well late in these games despite not being able to pull it out at the end I was more impressed than I was discouraged by anything considering the shorthandedness of the teams especially on Sunday against Denver I mean they were making it work with very very little in the way of offensive creation and you know I thought Nick Nurse did a pretty good job they commented about this on the broadcast as well Nurse did a really good job of sort of managing the excitement of the game and sort of curbing a lot of the Denver runs with his timeouts and that luck kind of ran out at the end as the Raptors bench couldn't do anything they had like six and a half minutes without a bucket scored between the third and fourth not that's not so much you can do about it like with a timeout to stop that but uh, I thought it was a well-managed game by Nurse considering the circumstances and I think the Raptors can go home with their heads held high here. Take a couple days to rest. Maybe they'll film a new How Hungry Are You someday, uh, Monday or Tuesday here with Surge, and uh, the season's got to get back to normal. Because that was a it was a really exhausting trip it must have been. Like, with that back-to-back and then to finish in Denver, which they always seem to finish these trips in Denver, they're never going to beat Denver again. That's fine. I've accepted it. It's cool. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it was a grueling trip. I think 2-2 two and two is more than defensible. Yeah, I think if, if you went into it and you said the Raptors would go two and two. I think you'd take it. I think the disappointment comes from the fact that they took the first two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then again, you factor in the injuries, um, and I think overall, like in these two, these past two games, uh, outside of Kawhi, like that's the, the that's the big difference, right? Like you can go into these games, even a Nuggets game, where going into that game look at all the guys that are missing you should probably have no chance of winning that game but because you have a top five player um you're able to go out there and you're able to compete uh, and you're able to take it till the final few minutes when you know the wheels kind of came off but uh at some point you need uh, more out of your teammates so uh yeah that's the beauty of having a guy like Hawaii. i think if there's one lesson that sort of tra- that's translatable to the playoffs is when the offense sort of uh, goes missing, you can just throw the ball into his hands and you know that he will uh, be able to get something uh, positive for you. Yeah, isos are good when he's that good. Uh, there was a couple times yesterday <laughs> where he like posted up and like three dudes came in on him. He was like, no, I'm just going to score anyway. It's fine. He's so, yeah. so good, man. He's absurd. Uh, and it's nice to see he's picking up some assists. Again, like last night he could have had double-digit assists pretty easily with all the open yeah. looks that Miles and OG were getting. And even DeLon. I thought DeLon was fantastic and was like the only pillar outside of Kawhi that was really keeping the Raptors afloat last night. Um, 0-4 yeah. from 3, though, which is uncharacteristic for him this year because he's made every 3 before this game uh, <laughs> so far this year. Uh, so that was a disappointment, but he's been... He was awesome. He was delightful. 15-8-4. That's... Uh, it's quite the DeLon game. Happy to see him kind of getting back into form here, too. And hopefully once Fred gets back, like, you can kind of have that two-headed monster both at full force. Like, 
Fred is kind of getting back to what we think he is as well. And if they're using being used more correctly as sort of DeLon more the on-ball guy, Fred kind of off-ball, whether it's Fred playing with Kyle and some bench units or just playing with DeLon, I think they're kind of hitting on something there. So hopefully once everyone's back, they can kind of be all at full force for the first time really all season. Uh, that'll be nice to see. I think that's going to do it for today's show. We've gone on long enough on these two games. They're off. They're fine, as it turns out. It's uh, regular season games against December in December with injuries, and they lost, and it's not a big deal. Um, Vivek, do you have anything you want to plug right now? Uh, no, not much. Um, just, you know, watch out for the usual stuff, but Raptors Republic and Sportsnet and Athletic and Device Sports. And yeah, follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. That's everything I have. <laughs> Are you allowed to plug the thing happening on Wednesday, or does that? Should we not talk about that? We can save it for now. Okay, never mind. But thank you, just, I appreciate. That. Okay, I can. Edit it. I'll just leave the mystery. That's that's even better than actually plugging it. That's the suspense. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for Vivek on Wednesday somewhere. Woo. Uh, <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find my uh, stuff at Rappers HQ. although I haven't written anything in a little while. I did repost the oral history I wrote about Jack Armstrong and Eric Smith's Christmas album last year because the site I wrote it for, LockedOnRappers.com, is no longer in existence because FanRag decided to just, like, disappear. Thanks, FanRag. So now I've reposted the, the, the post at Rappers HQ if you want to go read that. If you missed it last year or just want to relive the wild and hallowed creation of Eric Smith and Jack Armstrong's Christmas album, you can go find that at Rappers HQ. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, review to the podcast on iTunes as well. It's the best way to support the show, as always. I got a new Patreon episode up, uh, patreon.com slash Raptors. Uh, I went through the 10 moments at which I flipped my shit the most over the last five years since the Rudy Gay trade. Lots of audio clips in there. Lots of Matt Devlin love, so check that out. Uh, and I'm co-hosting every day this week on TSN 1150 in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Uh, and maybe I'm doing the drive show on Thursday and Friday as well. Uh, it's going to be a long week of me talking and being a windbag. But hey, I love the sound of my own voice. It rules. Uh, so stay tuned. Listen to TSN 1150 Hamilton in the mornings for my my voice, my dulcet tones as we close out. This is the best week of the year because no one cares about work. So you can screw around and sort of half, half-heartedly talk about sports while mostly talking about Christmas stuff uh, and other holiday goodness uh, throughout the entire week. So tune in for that if that's your bag on TSN 1150. And that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.